0: Sorry, this is going twice as long as I thought.
1: The Incomparable Podcast, number 47, July 2011. We're back on The Incomparable, and yes, this is the second part of our epic two part discussion of Star Wars. I uh, will continue to be joined by John Syracuse, Dan Morin, Scott McKelty, and Greg Noss, and let's pick up the discussion. So the Millennium Falcon comes out of hyperspace and finds the ruins of Alderaan. Also, can I just say how awesome it is when the Millennium Falcon jumped to light speed? That is the moment in, of any moment in the movie, the one that like grabbed me and was like, holy crap, I wish I lived in this universe, the jump to light speed.
2: And it's such a simple effect, but so affecting.
1: All the stars turning into lines—it looks so awesome.
2: Yeah. I still think it looks awesome. <laughs> it still does look awesome. You know what makes it look right. awesome? The twist at the end—that's yeah. what does it. Go watch back to see the to mm-hmm. see the magician's trick. The slight twist—that's what does it. Oh, you mean when
1: they, from the perspective outside, when you see yeah, the, twi-
2: it? the twist? Oh, the yeah, camera, yeah, yeah. The star rotate, field blurs, yeah. and they do the little twist. Without the twist, no good.
0: If you ever played Star Raiders on the Atari 8-bit, you got to do it yourself. They had the exact same effect slightly I mean pixelated
2: the, you need the sound I, and everything you need and the, the interior which looks so real and the fact that you can do stars and have them look real because they're just pinpoints of light that's just like the, the perfect union of like what was possible and what, what what's the coolest thing you could do that would look 100 real and it was that effect was i mean awesome. you know
1: i'm in my 30s now and i still want i still want to jump to light speed that's all i'm saying
3: who wouldn't we all want you to jump to light speed
1: but don't don't live on alteron <laughs> I you know, I hear the incidentally though, the real estate prices are great. Yeah. <laughs> you know you know what's good about this movie that they would
2: this is another thing they wouldn't have done if they made Star Wars now. They would have guaranteed they would have had some stupid scene showing people on Alderaan like with their families Absolutely. and their dogs and like their grandmothers eating apple <laughs> pie. Like guaranteed they would do that because like, How can you feel any compassion for these people? Let's have let's have a dub montage.
3: Not using weapons. <laughs>
2: grandmother's eating apple pie that would be it yes holding american flags kissing babies with puppies in their hands cut
1: cut to princess leia's grandmother adoptive grandmother
0: eating pie (laughs) a cop who's about to retire the next day she
1: looks up maybe that entire (gasps) plant was uninhabited like maybe we shouldn't feel so bad maybe they were lying about it being alderaan
2: I'm just saying that they, you know they didn't they they had enough faith in the audience to realize that when they blow up a whole planet we'll feel bad for the people we don't need to see the people's home lives to like feel bad. Whereas <laughs> nowadays in any disaster movie, say they're going to blow up like you know like Independence Day or one of those type of movies, they're going to blow up Japan. They got to show us the Japanese family like cowering in fear. Like we understand there are people maybe, there. Don't waste. Maybe on
1: let's that not time. use Japan as an example. Yes, too soon.
2: I don't know. I just pick it. We'll like they always show you know the foreign cities and they can't just Ugh, drives me nuts.
1: Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. They would show a, a, a dog minimalism, a do- a family, a dog, and a grandmother a happy eating <laughs> Terranian dog. I, that's the universal sign for doom. <laughs> that she made herself she from scratch. Of course she did.
2: <laughs> and it would be and it would be product placement. It would be like Pillsbury pie crust.
1: Oh, wow, <laughs> well, Actually, so you talk about that. that that's one of the. Um, that's a strange segue, but one of the things about having this be set in a galaxy far, far away. Um, That uh, it's an interesting choice, you know, and I think they have to put that up front. What they're really saying there is this is not a story about our future. This is more mythical than that. Mm -hmm. As a result, though, you know, we're not anywhere where there's Earth stuff, which means you can't cut any corners at all by having some product or something that's recognizable from Earth at all because you're not anywhere in our future or anything, which... It's a challenge Well not intentionally anyway
0: They did the opposite of product placement They they imported stuff from the Star Wars universe To, to our, world. our world To buy Whoa.
1: Whoa you just blew my mind Greg. It's reverse <laughs> product crazy. placement And we pay them money although, <laughs> although apparently they do have falcons in this universe As XKCD pointed out Sure What the hell is an aluminum falcon <laughs> <laughs> Another great robot chicken line what do
3: you mean they blew up the Death Star? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> 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 well, who's they? What the hell is an aluminum Falcon? Uh, look, I you know I'm just dealing with a lot of crap right now. A Death Star blown up by a bunch of
1: f- teenagers. You know, I didn't mean to snap. Oh, the Emperor is not pleased. Um, all right, where are we? Track this beam. Tractor beam. That's no moon beam that's no moon so so great scene they come out of hyperspace and uh ben obi-wan says that's no moon and and uh han solo expresses skepticism again because that's what he does and then there's that moment where he says i think the old man is right (laughs) let's get out of
3: here and it's too late oh stuck in a tractor beam
2: look at him he's heading for that small moon i
3: think i can get him before he gets there he's almost in range that's no moon it's a space station. It's too big to be a space station. I have a very bad feeling about this. Turn the ship around. Yeah, I think you're right. We'll reverse. Chewy lock locking the auxiliary power.
0: Why are we still moving towards
2: it? We're caught in a tractor it's pulling us in. There's got to be something you can do. There's nothing I can do about it. Get in full power. I'm going to have to shut down. You're not going to get me without a fight. <laughs>
0: Uh, you can't win, but there are
3: alternatives to fighting.
1: I wonder where they got the idea for a tractor beam. Maybe uh, Star Trek?
2: Oh. This first movie has a, of, has a lot of technology you never see again. That You've got that circle-shaped blaster that hits Leia on, on uh, Tantafor yes, in the that, beginning. of a st- um, stun. Right, it's a stun. Nobody yeah, a stun. Yeah, you yeah, never see that again, right? You've got the tractor beams. Not no, really no tractor
0: used. beams in the opening scene when they lock onto the ambassador ship.
2: Yeah, but they don't say, you know, like they don't have a visual effect for the tractor beam anyway, but it seems like there's a lot of things yeah. in this movie they decided were not a, a, an important part of the Star Wars universe and that we just wouldn't be seeing too much of again. Lightsabers, much more of those, you know, circle-shaped stun beams, not so much.
1: The Empire gave up on stunning people, it's kill everybody. <laughs> Another thing I love about um that robot chicken noticed is that the guy says set set the set the blasters to stun and Leia immediately like kills a guy. Ah, I said stun. No. <laughs> yeah. She's like, she doesn't care. She's not being taken alive. She's gonna kill all you poor stupid bad shot stormtroopers.
3: Ugh, stormtroopers.
1: Hey, only Imperial That's Stormtroopers right. are so precise
0: against yeah. moving barns. That's right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's that's the the ultimate question, right? The the fight between the stormtroopers and the red shirts from Star Trek. The red shirts got to go die, and the stormtroopers got to shoot yeah. some. You know. They would all kill themselves.
2: It would be just a mass yeah. suicide. fall <laughs> <ricochets. emotional. laughs> off a cliff. <laughs> yeah, the red shirts would die of starvation,
1: and the stormtroopers would shoot, shoot each other. Shoot in each feet. other. That's exactly what would happen. Sorry, Jim. So so when you talk, Dan, when you talk about loving the Millennium Falcon, one of the things that I love about the Millennium Falcon is that it is the smuggler ship, and so the when they get we uh, are like, oh boy, the tractor beam, they're going to be brought in. What's going to happen to them now? How are they going to get out of this one? The answer is that they, they basically close themselves
3: up in little uh, hidden compartments in the Millennium Falcon. What else can it do? But that doesn't make any sense because in the beginning they scan the escape pod and there's like, oh, there are no life forms there. And then later yeah, they yeah, scan yeah. and they're like, oh, look, they're droids. And I'm like, what? Get your scanner technology Together. It's shielded. It's, it's totally shielded because it's a
1: smuggler ship. It's brilliant. Uh, They've got a fake image of, uh, I don't know, something. Cans droids. Of sh- machinery. <laughs> Whatever. Something goes droids, on. Ta- I'm just glad that those deck plates for things which are not probably intended to smuggle people have releases on the inside, like like the trunk of your car. And air holes. And air holes. They all held their breath.
2: Only like three but- of them need to breathe. That, that that moment always gets cracks me up though with like a, a kind of classic movie vibe where so they have the scanning team go in and then they bring the camera in and you're like hey where are they right and they do the musical sting just as yeah. the little crack on the floor comes up that's that's so corny but like somehow you just buy it in this type of movie you're like yes hey
1: you guys down there can you give us a hand yeah the storm the stormtroopers
3: are really not very competent are they they are worst. Lackeys ever.
1: I really enjoy in this movie that you get the little bits like I love the scene later where Ben's acting and the tractor beam and the two guys are just like talking. Yeah. Like, hey, just. you see those new uh T thirty eights? I heard they were pretty cool. Like that's the you know, thing that's other
0: things that were ruined. You know what they should do is find one really good soldier and then clone him a bunch of. You
1: know of what? Times. Shut up. <laughs> no, they will never I wonder who those stormtroopers are. We'll never know. We will never find out. No, they, they just walk by and they go, "Hey, did you see Vader? He got he floated a cup of coffee over, but he can't <laughs> drink it." Ha,
2: ha, it's ha. kind of like Apple employees talking about Steve Jobs behind his back. That's the vibe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you do not want to be in a turbo lift with Darth That's Vader. Exactly. It's Darth Vader. Where do you? Which level of the Death Star do you work on? <laughs> what do? You, what exactly do you do there?
2: On OverthinkingIt.com, they had a whole one on uh, what? What do the stormtroopers really think of Darth Vader? <laughs> Basically, mining this territory of like, do they like him? Do they make fun of him behind his back? Are they afraid of him? You know.
1: I don't know. Hey, what's the what's the deal? They're also they have the black stormtroopers who are the pilots of the TIE fighter, right? So that's just like a uniform. Them. It's not a race thing. Yeah. They're like stealing. <laughs> Jimmy Walker was gonna play, the, no, no, but they got like it's like Darth Vader's uh, cousin or something. It it's
3: just a suit, dude.
1: Well, it's they're the not cousins because they wear the same color suit. Dude.
3: The flight suits are black because it's camouflage in space. It's it's also very slim.
1: Scott is right, and God, you know how much it pains me to say that. And, and it is very slimming because those guys are actually could drop a few pounds to fit into the Tie Fighter. Well,
2: I have an explanation for those suits for Jason, if you really want it. The reason why they have the big full face mask, uh, you know, like Darth Vader, is because the inside of the TIE Fighters don't have life support, because they're built yes. as cheaply as they possibly can be, so there's no air in there, and they're not pressurized, so they need to be essentially wearing a spacesuit inside a TIE Fighter. They also have no ray shielding.
1: And um, black is slimming, so why not? Yes, it's
2: true. Exactly. So that's, that's the actual official Star Wars universe explanation. The
0: Empire
3: loves its fashion. Also, it, Also, it looks cool. It does look cool.
1: So they, so they, the the stormtroopers are incompetent, and they break into the Death Star, and Ben goes off to turn off the tractor beam, and uh, and fisticuffs. they go to find the princess.
2: It's time for fisticuffs. Don't never think in the a party. space movie people are going to
1: be punching each other. Yeah, there'll be some fisticuffs, sure, and some blasters, yeah. and yeah. Uh, and what and maybe my uh, what I think is the funniest scene in the movie, which is. Uh, uh, Han Solo trying to explain to the guy on the other end of the radio what's
0: going on. <laughs> How are down you? In detention. Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. What happened? Uh had a slight weapons malfunction, but uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? We're sending a squad up. Uh, uh, negative, negative. We have a, a reactor leak here uh, now. Give us a few minutes to lock it down. Uh, largely very dangerous. Who is this? What's your operating number?
3: Yeah. Conversation anyway.
1: That is that is one of the one of the brief moments that, that reminds you that occasionally George Lucas could
2: write a funny bit of dialogue. I'm, I always just assume that Harrison Ford improvised anything that's funny in this movie. Yeah, but I'm assuming <laughs> the, the "How are you?" was added by him because there's no yes, way George would true. have put that in. Yeah.
0: Just like the "I know" in a later movie. Yeah, I'm I'm just saying, yeah. Uh, it seems fun.
1: like it seems like it's ad libbed. So. Um, Garbage trash collector, another memorable memorable uh, set piece, and something that I also took away um, along with the two sons as a kid was the they're down in the garbage and there's a monster in the garbage with a you know an eye. There's the, I mean there's there's a couple good
3: lines in that scene too. I really enjoy the. Uh, I don't, I the don't the understand eye. why there's a monster in the trash compactor.
1: I never did. It's like rats. You can't get rid of them. But it's a trash
2: compactor. Life finds a way. Have we learned anything from Jurassic Park? Life yeah, finds love, a way. I love
0: that. Dianogas, they're everywhere. He, he's not going to have a very long lifestyle, uh, lifespan.
3: I don't, where did well, he come from? How often do they use the trash compactors? Apparently not long enough.
2: He started very small. Aww. Someone flushed him down the toilet like a pet alligator. Yeah. And he it's grows small. to a huge size. and I like the fact that there's garbage on the Death Star, though. The, whole, the same thing with this universe. That of course there would be garbage on the Death Star. What would they do with it? They would compact it. you know, As opposed to it just being like, everything is magic and it's the future and we don't have bathrooms or garbage or anything like that.
1: Although Star Destroyers apparently shoot them into space before they jump into hyperspace. Once they turn on Standard the uh, yeah. trash compactor. Um, the monster knows that it's gonna get squished and it leaves and goes ah, somewhere else. You it see, goes somewhere else. That's I what see. saves Luke, I think. Is that? I, it's I, like, I oh, we're I like saved, and then they realize they're gonna be squished to death. I do love that exchange though, where he's got the the tentacle wrapped around his neck. <laughs> That that is a really funny segment all around because another great bit is that um, when they um, radio three PO, yeah, um, right. he, he,
0: oh they're he, dying, they're he, dying. He, and and
1: he saves them and he thinks that their shouts of excitement are their horrible horrible death screams. Curse my metal body, I wasn't
0: fast enough.
1: <laughs> Poor three PO, always um, feeling the kids can't really- live up to it. And, and
2: they do the, They do the. They do a lot of stuff. And like when you're a kid, maybe you wouldn't get that part. But also at that part, they have the. You know, R2 can't talk, right? So you can only hear the reactions to him. So the reaction at this point is C3PO says, "I don't care what you know. I don't care what the computer's telling you. Just shut down the garb. You know, they're basically relaying a piece of information about that the the you know hyperdrive has been deactivated.
1: Right, right. Or the tracking has been put on, or
2: something. Oh yeah, whatever. Uh, but that's but, thing yeah, so the next
1: The next movie.
2: Am I? With the hyperdrive being I think they do the yeah. same thing. For the,
3: uh... no, no one ever listens to R2-D2. On no, they yeah, don't.
2: Well, you know, he he has he's inappropriate. He has information at inappropriate times.
3: That's right, he keeps cursing,
2: and the only one who could understand <laughs> him is constantly telling him to be quiet.
1: So what? What else? Uh, while we're on the Death Star, any any other uh, topics that people want to bring up? We got we got. Man, uh, does nobody see Ben Kenobi sneaking
0: around the Death Star? <laughs> <laughs> he's everywhere. <laughs> he's using the Force.
3: He's using he's the Force. Clouding their mind. <laughs>
2: He's he's a sneaky guy. He's wearing old man slippers. You can't hear him.
3: Yeah. Well further proof of the uh, stormtrooper's incompetence is when Han Solo rounds the corner and there are like five thousand stormtroopers all trying to shoot him. <laughs> there are not
1: For, five uh, thousand uh, in, in some oh, version of the movie that there are five thousand
3: Scott apparently <laughs> yes. saw. Yes. Well even so a couple of stormtroopers.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, basically, they hit a dead end and they turn around because they think they're being chased, and it turns out it was only one guy chasing. It. But he was yelling. I think that's a great scene. Yeah, I think that's a great scene.
2: I just went back and looked. You were right. I was misremembering the city central computer thing from uh, Empire. I am ashamed. I'm a little disappointed, in
1: you, John. Wow. Well, I, I, as
2: much as this, as much as this movie is burned into my brain, that other one even more so. So it's hard. It does tend to take over.
1: All right, so so Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi have a uh, have a uh, climactic uh kind of boring sword they f- have something sword battle. You do kind of yeah. wish that they spent a little more time on the classical classical fencing there stage combat. I would <laughs> I would call it tepid lightsaber batting where they bat them <laughs> against each other. My favorite, <laughs> does anyone else see the Obi-Wan Kenobi shuffle in there? There's a little scene. There's a list yeah, little Yeah, where he does where a little like like fake shuffles, out. There. Yeah. It's hilarious. The Obi-Wan Kenobi shuffle. Dance move that all the kids were doing. And in the end, he just sees Luke and says, "All right," and then holds up his lightsaber and his is. Uh, tur- but he does a that
2: slide, that sly, Al smile. That's worth a million bucks right there. When he does that little smile, we did. Uh, when I was
1: uh, when I was in camp as a young kid, we we filmed. I took like a video production class, and we filmed like a parody of Star Wars. And the only joke in that that I really enjoyed was you
0: went to video camp.
1: No, I just at a camp that had a video class. <laughs> anyways it's much better the only part of that the only part of that parody that still makes me laugh a bit is that we had the scene where you know he gets you know the, they're fighting and then he lets himself get cut down and we cut to a shot of just like robe on the floor and then like out of frame this janitor's broom comes and sweeps it up off screen i i think it's interesting that that they um there's the the shot of vader stepping on it like what where where'd he go i couldn't have killed him that badly and stepping on the <laughs> robe magic wonder, magic wondering where where he went
0: well shouldn't he know what happened to him yeah I it's mean, just
1: fun. it's funny that, it, that, that he you know again strange things with Darth Vader in it said something about becoming more
3: powerful yeah.
2: what he's saying what he's saying when he steps on it is like oh this can't be good
1: because <laughs> not, he's not there he's not there at all
2: I need
3: some coffee see so, 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 will this robe fit me because I think what he's saying is ooh free lightsaber <laughs>
1: I also like that he gets shot, like they shoot the door and it closes in front of him, and it's like, dude, he's got the force. Like, he couldn't stop the door from closing. <laughs> he was tired from his. Yeah, from a
2: strenuous battle. Yeah, th- this particular scene has some of the worst lightsaber effects, too. Uh, the other ones were in sort of dark rooms and they had better lighting, but they were still going with practical effects for this, where they had spinning sticks with reflective beads on them. And sometimes in this thing, you can see a spinning stick
1: with reflective beads. Yeah, on well, it. when they point it down, so the the tip is towards the camera. Yeah, it looks like a, a very stick. thin little yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's
2: endearing in some ways, but like it's clear that I mean they had a limited budget. You can only spend it on so much, and I think they spent it very wisely on you know space models flying through space over a blue screen, and you know stuff like and and the sets, and the fact that the lightsabers are not all that like people think. Star Wars lightsaber but if you watch Star Wars the original Star Wars is so little lightsaber in it and they are so not the most exciting thing in this movie in fact I would say going back to the scene with uh, with Luke in the uh, in Obi-Wan's little hut there on, on on Tatooine that the second they turn that thing on that's all they needed to do for this movie turn that sucker on show kids what a lightsaber <laughs> is and their jaws drop open and then that, that would sustain them for the rest of the movie and the fact that they were shown again briefly is you know
0: I had a flashlight with a colored tube
2: yeah, yeah well, I mean, because that effect was, was just unbelievably good compared to every other space type effect. And the whole idea of, of a you know, a laser sword, type that's all they need to do. Turn that sucker on, wave it around. Every kid wanted one of those in two seconds. And they didn't need to have, you didn't need Luke wielding it for the climax. Luke is, Luke is flying a spaceship for the climax. Obi-Wan and, and Darth Vader's little battle, not that important. Uh, I, I think that was, you know, that was all you needed in this movie that sound man, and it would have, it it would have been
1: handy if he'd been carrying that lightsaber all around the death star with him
2: well yet yeah, he didn't know how to use it he would have it's like that that thing that went around the internet the other day of like you know what you would do if you had your own lightsaber as a pie chart and it's like you know <laughs> use it to fight <laughs> off enemies it's like one percent 99 percent immediate accidental amputation
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um uh moving forward again to uh let's see they escape and uh there's a there's the they jump in the little cannons and do in some ways it's a shot for shot reenactment of a world war II movie.
2: Yeah, unnecessary, but Lucas loves the world war II stuff.
1: Well, that's great stuff. I think yeah. I, you I, get I love the that banter whole,
2: between the two guys, yeah. you know, you, you, get, you get see, the, you
1: know a little bit millennium falcon, you know, come on baby hold come on baby hold together. Well,
0: plus they had to try and stop him and they had to shoot him. I mean, they let him go, but they had to make it, the escape seem believable.
1: There needs to be well, that obstacle.
2: shows That shows Leia being cynical. That's one of my favorite additions to her character is that after this big battle where the two men are like, yeah, we did it, she goes, they let us go, which is both <laughs> yeah. cynical and deflates the two male heroes with her.
3: Not a bad bit of rescuing, huh? You know,
2: sometimes I amaze even myself. That doesn't sound too hard. They let us go. It's the only explanation for the ease of our escape. Easy? You call that
0: easy? They're tracking us.
2: Not this ship, sister. Although she gets into that, her character is really developed, and, and that's one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie for for Leia. When she's she's ta- they're walking down the hallway after pulling her out, and they're, and and they're trying to talk, and it's basically establishing the relationship between Han and Leia, where she's testy, and they're you know sparring with each other. Listen,
0: I don't know who you are or
2: where you came from,
0: but from now on, you do as I tell you, okay?
2: Look, your worshipfulness, let's get one thing straight. I take orders from just one person
0: me. So, one day you're still alive. Will somebody get this big walking carpet out of my way?
1: No reward is worth this. That is great interplay, and I think that's, that dialogue, you know, clearly Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford have, have really good chemistry, I think, for the most yeah, part.
2: That was that was like a Sorkin scene, because they're walking and talking, and it's just sparkling, <laughs> you know, like, the lines as written are not great, but the performances... Uh, Aaron
1: you know, Sorkin's Star Wars.
2: <laughs> that, that was it. That, seriously, they're walking down the hallway, and they're doing the little snappy, witty dialogue, and the writing is not, the like, the lines are not that great, but the delivery sells it.
1: This is the part of the movie where there's a very strange uh, shift, and you you end up on like the f- the moon, and there's like a there's like a briefing. They're like they're like at, at Death Star them. University, basically. Well, I always think of it as Rebel U because they've got that exterior shot of that huge building that looks kind of like maybe it's on a college campus. You know, you think
2: about this scene and how like it's how they're they at this university and they're talking about stuff. But if you look at some of the, of the things in it, they built this humongous set with life size X wings and Y wings in it just for this like establishing shot showing here is the Rebel fleet. Not impressive, you no. Know? It's very but special. they're scrappy. I
1: mean, yeah. No I I the time sequence here always confused me too because they're being tracked by the empire. Presumably the Death Star takes a little time to move. It's kind of big. That's true.
2: Uh, well, wait for it. <laughs> I don't know how it travels between solar systems but takes an hour to get in range of the planet.
1: <laughs> well, it can it, it it can jump in but Meander. but yeah. remotely and then it has to kind of navigate. They used yeah. all their, you know, speed up jumping to the You hmm. can't
0: Exit hyperspace near a gravity
3: well. Greg is right. Of course the Death Star is large enough to have its own gravity well.
0: They have, they have to stop at the,
2: the Death Star gas station.
3: They come back with the plans, and they're and
1: they're immediately analyzed, and the one flaw is found, even though the Empire should have known then that there was a flaw. Shoddy construction. Government, the lowest bidder built the Death Star. That's the problem. <laughs> it would have been really sad if Stupid they had all the way down that trench, shot at it, and it turned out that they fixed it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah.
0: They patched it in we'll the Death that. Star one point oh
1: one. Close the oh, relationship. Uh this port just seems to be concreted over. Uh I got nothing. <laughs> am I am I missing something here? Great Star Wars fan rationalizers. That this seems to be one of those
0: strange points of the movie where Explainers, not rationalizers.
2: The broader point is valid is that when you build something really large, you're not thinking of threats from small things. And mostly this is a bad strategy because if you you only have a small fleet, it's like, well, we're going to pick them off. It's the idea of the gnats attacking the giant, where if you can... can, Attack it in a way where its defenses were not set up for that type of attack. So, and that's the only chance you have because you have a small fleet. So, in that that type of scenario, it is kind of plausible. The exact way it's done with a tunnel that leads directly to the heart, the vulnerable heart of the thing. Well, you know, that's poetic license. But
1: well, yeah, they yeah. made. I mean, they tried to make like it's it's. There's this tiny little flaw, right? Like it's this tiny little flaw, and we need to get there. Right. Like, and you need
2: to be a super good shot. They establish up front. It's not like you can just you know. It's not easy to hit many people make attempts at it you know you have to be amazingly skilled you might have to use the force you know uh, on so the upside not... there is a on the upside there's a trench that leads right to that sucker well this trench is all over the thing but that's but, good design
1: <laughs> but, and luke we know you've never flown an x-wing before and because we're rebels we probably don't have that many x-wings he to used Lugos. the bullseye whopper as
2: in his t16 back home didn't you see his t16 that was in the background and I'll bet his
0: dad was a really good pilot too
1: they're kind of short on pilots. Were the T sixteen controls similar to the X wing controls? Technically, yes.
2: Both are made by Incom. It's just like driving a car, man. There's like a steering wheel and three pedals, you know, or two pedals. Technics, technically, vehicles. they are made by the same manufacturer. True. Just
1: saying.
0: That's right. R two is flying.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it really is R
0: two. Except he gets shot in the head, doesn't
3: he? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Right, he's
2: amazingly resilient, though. Lots of redundancy in the R two units.
3: I don't understand why the Death Star. You know, it's kind of basic military tactics, right? You have a giant target, and then you have it's full of little tiny planes that will go out and patrol, and then when they see the thirty play the thirty starship uh, coming, they will attack them with their tie fighters. They have million thousands of them.
2: Well, it's like it's like an aircraft carrier
0: because they come in too low for the laser cannon. Turbo laser
3: cannons. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense.
0: Well, just like the cantina was set up for uh, merchandising, the trench scene was set up for video games.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't think they had that in mind in 1977. I can't listen to that music. Uh, the, that The music in that scene... Uh, and the and actually the music in the scene in the Millennium Falcon where they are in the gun turrets too because I've heard those bits in various video games so much that it it makes me sweaty when I hear it like be, <laughs> yes, between X Wing and the iPhone target. game yes, and it's a very tense oh experience. well I just I lost I lost levels in like X Wing Tie Fighter so many times and they play oh, that it, same it, it. music over and over and over again and they would segue between different sections yeah. Uh.
2: Well, I have to say that that, that that one effect that we're thinking of, of I don't remember s- not having seen this movie but I do remember the the uh, the biggest emotional moment for me was when they swoop that camera into that trench because previously this all like spaceship movies had looked fake or whatever and it had been slow speed even today when I watch it even today when I see that camera move it is still like more exciting than 90% of the CG stuff that I see of just taking that camera swooping it into that trench they use that they reuse that that's used twice Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I know. It wasn't many people going to the trench. But, like, because it looks so real, you know.
1: It was expensive to film, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, and, and the thing is that it's, it's the biggest cheat because if you want something to look real, you know, do it at night or in space and do it, you know, like monochrome with harsh lighting. Like, you do, it doesn't have to look like a forest. It's not it's not an alien creature. It's the easiest thing you could possibly do, but it looks so dead real and right. well, done they, with they an, do an exciting Because it's
1: also – it's POV, right, again? Like, you're,
0: you're yeah. in – Well, you have a background, so you get the impression of speed. Plus they're shooting at you, which yeah, makes you and, a little bit distracted.
2: That's it. It was it even to this day I say that that is like so fast and so dramatic and it feels like, you know, that you are there and that it's exciting and, and interesting, much more so than they always do like the third person shots nowadays where you're pulled back and you see like the amazing jet fighter crashing into the buildings, but you see it from a distance. Here, you're you're in it. You know what I mean?
1: It's a good shot. Yeah, and I like in general, I like the fact that the um the trench run scene there there is a lot of jeopardy and we we do see we're right in the cockpit with some of these guys just as they get blown up basically yeah. they're
2: not afraid to kill people in a kids movie everyone doesn't come out of it like everyone's fine all my friends are saved you know, they pretty much kill everybody almost, except yeah, for, you almost know, everybody dies including porkins
0: porkins <laughs> lucas <laughs> has never been good at that.
1: naming people but i feel that one is particularly cruel <laughs> it's <is> cruel <laughs> Well, that was his nickname. They were they were a bunch of mean bastards in the X-Wing Academy. Plus, you have all the vestiges of the cutscenes in the relationship between Luke and Biggs. Yeah. Like, Damn it, Biggs, where are you? Who? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who is he talking to? And then they cut. They actually cut at some point, too, I think, something that's like a little bit... Like, there's an abrupt end to one of those shots where you're, it sounds like he's about to talk about something. Like, ah, oh, Biggs, my best friend, where are you? You know, and they yeah. just are like, chop
0: um but, but, i thought han was your best friend
1: yeah you guys just met you guys should be like bfs also the the um the pilot the tie fighter pilot who bangs into vader because he's so concerned that the true is the
2: true hero of the movie i was going to get to that point there's a good article on, on crack.com from last year saying the, the true hero of star wars a new hope it's is not the panicky tie fighter pilot yeah, it's not han solo because han solo comes in And he's got a clear shot. They don't know he's there. Does he shoot Darth Vader? No, he doesn't. He could have picked any one of those TIE Fighters. He shoots the guy next to Darth Vader who explodes. Then what happens? Then does he shoot Darth Vader? No, he does nothing else. He talks over the intercom. Nothing going on. Then what happens? The guy next to Darth Vader flips out, crashes <laughs> into Darth Vader and dies. It causes Darth Vader to go spinning car. off. That's that guy is
1: so fired. So, so Han Han Solo on fire. Made
2: the, possibly the worst
1: choice ever and like, I'm going to come save you. I'm coming out of the oh, sun. No, no.
2: yeehaw. That
1: was all that was all what he had planned. He saw this chain reaction like four exactly. steps in advance. All
0: I got to do is shoot
1: that guy over there. He's going to be a lot easier to hit.
0: If, if Han's doing what you suggest, there's no sequels.
1: Yeah, we can't kill
0: that's, that's That was totally on his mind. Well, he right. he could have out. shot at
2: yeah. Vader and missed, and just winged him, and then Vader would have flipped out, in his little tumbling thing. and The other two guys could have bugged out out of fear because well, I mean he's cowardly, flying you know. and shooting at the same time. He might just you know be he, a little he's, bit off. He's flying, a shooting mic to
0: his head, and, play,
2: and, and playing
1: with a little uh, Apple II joystick basically. Yeah.
2: And, and as this story uh, this story points out, the the Tie Fighter who flips out has enough time to say over the intercom, "Look out." As he's tumbling towards Vader, no, he was totally unperturbed. No one shot him. He didn't crash into anything. He just flipped out and said,
1: look out. I'm coming all of you.
3: There's no reason to live.
1: He's like, my, my wingman, Bob, just got blown up. Yeah, my ah! buddy just, yeah, just got <laughs> Freak out. He should have swerved towards the wall, not towards Vader.
0: <laughs> I love Vader's grunt of surprise, too, when the other <gasps> X-Wing blows up. What? What?
1: I will say that that is one of my the the end sort of climax. There is one of my favorite scenes, and I, I still get goosebumps at that Han Solo's. You know, yeah, he comes out
2: of the sun. That's another. That's another scene where it's so easy to do. You just do a spotlight for the sun. That the ship, the ship model, sort of stops the sunbeams a little bit. But you know, it's you have,
1: perfect. It's, it is but it's so yeah. easy to do with practical Such effects, a... and
2: they, they they knew what would work. You know. That's what I'm saying. They 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 knew it would work and they stuck to the sweet spot. And again, I would say I would challenge you to take a computer and make a better looking version of that two second scene with a computer of Millennium Falcon and a computer Sandy. And I will say that,
1: you know, in the Death Star battle, there are clearly, from my mind, you know, there's a lot of rough edges. There's a lot of scenes. Of people going in for attacks on the Death Star. Yeah, they didn't have they didn't have the money to do it the way they wanted. That look, that, you know, terrible. There are a lot of scenes that look really good, and I think that's why the terrible scenes look look sadly look worse is because they're put up against a lot of scenes that look really really quite impressive, especially for the time. Um, and so, you know, later versions of special effects were they to exist, if someone were to redo that section of the movie, mm-hmm. for example, you know, you could definitely make stuff that looks cool. But you know, at the same time, I think it, there there is definitely a nostalgia value and a and an appreciation value to a, to a lot of those scenes, even with uh, their. I'm, I'm struck by respect. how well
2: they cut together the limited footage they have because they only have so many. F- pictures of and the ships are going through the trench and they're chasing them and they're going through the trench again and they reuse scenes but they inter they intercut it with scenes from inside the cockpit where they move the camera as if like they're riding slow moving bucking broncos where every x-wing fighter is bouncing every x-wing pilot is slowly bouncing up and down so they cut to the close-up of that cut to the side view of them going through the trench cut to the point of view from vader you know they they are hiding the fact that none of these shots are as good as that one camera move into the trench right uh, but i 'm amazed at how well it holds up without any enhancement or or anything like that where they just keep it moving fast enough and that music and the tension of the scene you know well you 're not you 're not paying attention right like you're you 're focusing on the plot and everything right you 're caught up you 're caught up in the moment and they you know they don 't let they don 't linger on any one bad shot enough to for you to get upset by it even although there are today. a couple
1: there are a couple really really bad shots where they're, they're like the x wing swoops in and shoots something on the surface of the death star and it 's like that looks that 's a model <laughs> The terrible little model city there. Yeah, the surface of Death Star things were all shot in daylight. So right. a lot of well, times I mean, see an and, it, and, it, and it shows. But again, you know, I would use that as a drawing attention to, you know, compared to the next two movies, which clearly they're like, well, we learned a lot from that. Things never to do again. And the next two movies look, you know, by the time you hit Jedi, you know, the effects are just, like they, those effects look perfect to me still. <laughs> yeah.
2: And, and showing this to kids, showing this to my children, I don't. I always try to quiz them in, 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 in a way they don't know they're being asked, but I don't think they notice any difference in <laughs> effects have like quality. You like,
1: four lights like, pointing down at them. What did you see? <laughs> well, you know,
2: they, they can't distinguish, like, these effects are better than those effects or this movie looks better than that movie. You know, sometimes they can tell, but for, for Star Wars, I don't think they notice a real big difference between, uh, you know, uh, Star Wars and, and Return of the Jedi. Uh, in terms of the effects quality, because when again, when you're a kid, all they see is the emotion of that scene and the tension, and they have no idea about anything else. And that's certainly
1: how it was for all of us. I, I do remember when I was um, when I was 14 or 13 and saw Return of the Jedi. I actually noticed yeah. how much better the effects were because there were so 8, many different things moving on at once, right? But um, so so at the end, we have the uh, oh. uh, the Death Star blows up. Spoiler horn.
2: Well, you have the great sex scene of the of the photon torpedoes going in. Wait, what? When Luke makes I mean, that noise.
1: <laughs> Although there is a nice detail in there that you can see where the first guy shot and missed. Yeah. And then Justin Luke detailed. packed it on the surface. Luke uh, takes a deep breath. And, uh, and then oh. ev- it's medals for everybody except, except Chewbacca. Chewy.
3: I like rebels yeah. who can take time to make medals for people.
1: What
2: is the Racism.
3: deal with that?
1: Racism.
2: He was just the co-pilot. If you're gonna give the medal to all the co-pilots too, then just how many medals do we have to buy now? I mean is R2 gonna get one? He was the co-pilot. There were three guys. You
1: survived. We give them to the main characters. You can count the number of chips <laughs> on a hand. Aliens don't get medals. We don't serve their kind here. Okay, everyone everyone who survived gets a medal. This isn't
2: like kindergarten where everybody gets a medal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they blew up the Death Star! They
2: helped! They deserve a medal for that. Jeez, throw him a bone. Chewie has, to, you know, Chewie has to walk behind like someone's wife, too. When they go down the aisle, he's got to walk a step behind.
0: I believe Chewie gets a medal in the comic.
1: Also, also I believe um, R2-D2 and C-3PO have, have necklaces with a big medallion of veal.
2: <laughs> they are nicely polished up for the final scene. That's, that's another thing that strikes me from, from the beginning to the end of this movie. How, how good the props for the droids look. They look like shiny metal robots. And I don't know, like, they do. would they, they not do. be able to make shiny metal anymore? But they just look more shiny in metal than shiny metal things moves today.
1: Well, it's not, it's not, I think it's the point is they don't look shiny to me because I think that's a problem with the CG stuff. Well, when they get polished at the end, but even, even in the beginning when they're all scuffed up. They look like metal. Yeah, well, they're scuffed up, but, like, they look like there's a dull sort of matte finish to, like, R2's dome. I think that looks... It looks like metal, but it looks like, you know, well-worn metal. Not and C-3PO's like... got, like, a dent in his yeah, head. Yeah, he's got a dent in his head, like, and he's all dusty
2: and dirty. I-, I think they make them out of plastic now. Maybe that's the problem. They don't want it. It's so easy to mold plastic that
1: they didn't have some guy hammer out metal, you know? Although I will say, this time I did... I don't know why, but maybe because of the pacing. I laughed uh, kind of uproariously at the part where they... Um, they take R two out of the X wing afterwards, and he's been shot by Darth Vader, and he looks terrible. He's all blown up and everything. And there's that brief me- second of like, oh no, R two, and and three PO goes on, and then like like two seconds later, everybody's like, ah, that will be fine, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's it's just a, it, a robot. <laughs> isn't there a, a like a like a hard bitten mechanic guy who goes, that's all right, we'll get him patched up at yeah, no time. yeah, yeah. But yeah. still, like they're like, all right, great, glad to hear it. Let's go back to celebrate party. <laughs> we well, got it. We well, backed you can him up, back before... up your
0: buddies before they go into battle. Yeah, it's we handy. backed
1: him up. We totally backed him up beforehand, so it'll he'll be fine. Also, nobody seems to care about the 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 like dozens of people the two dozen people who died who in died. this pack.
3: Heroes of the Rebellion.
1: Yeah, alright, they're dead. Medals. <laughs> That's right. More medals for me. Hey, we <laughs> yeah, got enough we got yeah. enough yeah. extra medals here that the co-pilots could get them except for that Wookie. Mm. Mm. Mm.
2: That, that scene has the worst line in the entire movie for me, though.
1: <laughs> I knew you'd come back. I didn't knew it. Well, I was going to let you get all the credit and take all the rewards.
2: Hey, I
3: knew that was more to you than money.
2: <laughs> they knew there was more to you than money. You see what I'm saying here with this text? That's an example of, you know, Harrison's great line. George, you can type this shit, but you sure as hell can't say it. That is the worst written line, not delivered well, so in, in the
1: entire movie. It's so painful. How do you declare? Well, that, that brings us, actually, John pointing that out i want i I want you all to tell me something that you think is bad in star wars tell me something (laughs) bad
0: everybody who criticizes it is bad
1: that they will never make another movie as good I think we covered a lot of stuff with it, the bad lightsaber effects.
2: Uh, some yeah. of, some of the uh, the dialogue looping is bad. Sometimes the words coming out of like Emperor's mouth don't match up with the words. Oh, of the yeah. person On the screen. Well, the John guy Siracusa
0: the, the, is bad. The, uh,
1: <laughs> the 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 death sentence on five planets or whatever. He it's like almost nothing he says matches up with.
2: Yeah, it's like they couldn't be said. bothered. ADR was a lost art or something. I don't know. <laughs> well,
1: ADR you know they're making all these crazy special effects and costumes. I think they, they don't have, have time, time to, to do like, do something. Yeah, something looping. had to fall by the ways side there and if it's looping dialogue well nobody's really paying attention to
0: their mouths you're ignoring his alien physiology he doesn't speak out of his mouth he speaks out of an organ lower down in his chest that doesn't mm. necessarily match his lips
1: that's racist jason
0: <laughs> <laughs> no metal for him then we don't serve his kind of here yeah, no he'd, he'd chew on it with his chest mouth
3: well i think it's funny that obi-wan kenobi goes into hiding And he says, I will use an assumed identity of Ben Kenobi. (laughs) No one will ever find me.
0: Well, the the Kenobis are like the Smiths of the Empire. That's right. He's a wizard.
2: Scott, that wizard is just a crazy old man, okay?
1: (laughs) We'll never find this guy. Yeah, that line, did he break the, should that line have gone in the other direction? Yeah, that crazy old man is just a wizard. Nah, it doesn't work either. (laughs) You're still admitting he's a wizard, either way, which doesn't make sense. Crazy old wizard it is said just a very, man. It said
2: very. quickly, so it's glossed over. Yeah, you don't have to think about. Did you it, say really? wizard? What? I didn't say wizard. Did it, you say it, wizard? It's
0: in all caps with uh, periods <laughs> between the letters.
1: That crazy old man is wizard. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So my next my next uh, roundtable question is: uh, mm-hmm. Give me a favorite line from Star Wars. Your favorite line.
2: I gotta go with I find your lack of faith disturbing because it is one of the badassiest of all badass lines delivered so calmly while choking someone without actually touching them and without seemingly breaking a sweat a sweat after the guy has tried to chew you out. You know, it's like it's the ultimate meeting scene. Like when you're in meetings at work and some guy's <laughs> annoying you and maybe your boss is getting on your case or whatever, don't you wish you could force choke someone and calmly say, I find your lack
1: of faith in my plan disturbing. Also gotta, you know. I'd hold a cup of uh, styrofoam <laughs> cup of coffee while I was doing <laughs> yeah. all that. I gotta go with the uh, I gotta go with the line that I wrote on the back of uh, the exam for my Christianity class in college, which was "Hokey religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good blaster well, at your side." You failed, my professor. <sighs> my professor
3: didn't like that. <laughs> uh, well, uh, John actually stole my answer, so I, I will agree with John. Plus one. <laughs> Plus one, Greg.
0: Yeah, there's just there's too many, but uh, I'll go with John.
3: Wow. Come
2: on,
1: Obviously, guys! There's I so many good your, lines. I find your lack of pants disturbing. Basically,
0: <laughs> <Yes>.
3: <laughs> that's the...
2: it, and if I had to go for a segment, I would go for that walking down the hallway scene. So many good lines in that.
1: The Han Solo, uh, you know, the the, the ad lib dialogue when when Chewie gets
0: loose. Watch out! He's gonna kill us all. I was right. like, I'm friend. gonna go with the Wilhelm scream.
1: Oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> no. Ah. Mm. Um, I, I you know. Everything, really, that you need to know in life, I think you can learn from From Star Star Wars. Wars. For example...
0: I think you just got a book contract.
1: First, find the controls that extend the bridge. Mm. Then, shoot the control panel. Right. (laughs) That advice will serve you. And let me tell you, it's come in
2: handy more times than i And and the meta advice, have a woman tell you what to do at all times.
1: There is a serious, um, like, workman's comp problem on the Death Star... (laughs) With this big yeah, with the constant chasm. chasms and the bridges. Yeah, they're chasms. No, railings, there, no the, railings, There's no railings at all. I mean, I realize... OSHA that would have a, were, There's no they, space OSHA. They were, they were probably, you know, over budget, and they got to build the whole big ball and the, the, the planet-killing laser, but there's no railings anywhere. So you just, you know, you step through a door, and it's like, whoa, pit to the end of the world. They lose more stormtroopers that way. Yeah.
2: But, you know, the Emperor had the Senate dissolved. It stands to reason he's going to
1: dissolve all related bureaucracies, like the space it's, IRS. It's Star space Wars. Ocean. It's
0: not, yeah, it's not, it's not so space safety regulations.
1: Well, it's really easy. If you need to get rid of somebody who's incompetent, you just got to be like, hey, uh, Joe, could you go stand over there? <laughs> stand over here right by the ah." See, it's just it's a painting just, on glass. It's actually two feet. <laughs> it, it seems like a very unsafe workplace. That's Have all you I'm, guys but, seen a you
0: know, picture uh, of all the mattresses that are under the yeah the antenna hanging off of the bottom of Cloud City, yes,
1: yeah, it it, it takes away some of the mystique.
2: Well, you know, like they have these spaceports where like the Millennium Falcon parks. It's just open to space with magnetic shielding to keep for the vacuum of space from killing everybody. So presumably you could just walk to the edge there and chuck your body through the magnetic, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, shielding. No
0: Plus, there's like a 15-amp fuse that's holding the whole thing together. Yeah.
1: <laughs> if somebody plugs in their air conditioner on the Death Star. Hair <laughs> dryer. <laughs> yeah.
0: We just vented an airlock to space along with yeah,
1: the floor. Actually, the what happens is Vader is brewing a new pot of coffee. And <laughs> it just goes off. Damn. You <laughs> the... I find your lack of voltage disturbing. Um, and um, against regulations. <laughs> that's right. This is really not up to code. <laughs> Um, Dan, I know you mentioned this. We should talk a little bit, at least, about about John Williams' uh, uh, score for this. I I, have, I totally have a man crush on John Williams. It's true. He's awesome. Is it the Boston thing? This,
0: yeah, I still get yeah. tingles I, anytime I hear the Star Wars theme start up. I, I there's something something that has been hardwired into my brain. I have a physiological
3: reaction to it. You should consult a neurologist. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I've seen him conduct
1: the Boston Pops with the Star Wars music a few times, and man, it's just a fantastic experience. But, I mean, I think this is one of the the earlier of his really sort of bombastic scores, which I think then became sort of a, a trademark and perhaps overused later on. But it's just – it's such a great score, and John talked a little bit before about filling out you know the soundscape, and if – without the music, this – this movie would not be the movie that it is. I mean, it just, it would, I think it would fall flat in in a lot of places, but there's something in the complexity of it, the, the interweaving all the motifs and the different themes for the different characters that really, you know, Enhances the entire experience, and and dare I say, there are there are movie there are related movies that without dialogue could still be saved by the music.
2: <laughs> yeah, like the, the the music in this thing is it does acting for the actors who either can't or or won't do it in particular scenes. And the one that comes to mind and the clip that I picked for possibly uh, book editing the show with is uh, the the dual sunset scene. Luke has no lines in that scene, and in terms of facial acting, he's not asked to do too much. Uh, and in fact, leading into that scene, he does this childish kick the dirt frustration thing which doesn't look that great but the music is the actor in that scene like that that is like the heart of the movie of luke you know wants to get off the planet he doesn't have any lines he doesn't say anything the music does all the talking in that scene and that's that's the one musical cue in this whole movie not the bombastic opening uh that that always gets me is that uh the the binary sunset uh you know strings thing with the crescendo that is just that's the best musical moment of this whole movie
1: that's a great that's a great piece I mean that's That's the high point in the entire series for me Uh, just visually and with the music uh, for me that's the one that gets me and says this is something special
2: No dialogue, no acting, It's all the music. Yeah.
1: The acting no. went to Tashi Station to get power converters. Yeah,
2: yeah. it makes us for, it makes us forget that whiny boy that we saw. Yeah, several absolutely.
1: <laughs> when I when I listen to the score, you know that last bit too. I think um, right at the Death Star, you know, right when all this sort of the tension is is all ramped up, there's just a great moment there. I, I think in the music as well that like I can listen to that music and. It's hard for me to listen to that music and do something else at the same time because immediately I'm transported to the Death Star Trench and like, oh my God, this is it. This is, I got to make this shot, you know, and I think <laughs> it's just, it raises the tension so much and it's so it's so evocative that I think it just, it just transports me.
0: How did Lucas get these people? No one knows. Bribery? Blackmail? Uh, you, you, you know, he has... Uh, American Graffiti. Thank you, American Graffiti. That's, the, that's his whole resume other than his college movies. But he gets people who are just absolutely brilliant at what they do with uh,
1: – He knew lots of people he, including Francis Ford Coppola and you know, he, he – so he had connections. And American Graffiti made a lot of money. And um, American Graffiti was a huge hit. Well, and a lot of these people were not you know the people they are. John Williams, while a great composer, was not right. John Williams. Yeah, but that's, to, to
0: get John Williams before he's John Williams is a, is a bigger achievement than getting him after he's John Williams.
1: Yeah, true. I, I mean, I think, you know, part of it is like, like, like Jason said, you know, he, he had the connections he was in with that community. Um, and I think they're just, you know, maybe some of it's just luck. Man. Like he got Mark Hamill,
2: right? But then he also <laughs> got Harrison Ford. So you don't know which right. one is going to turn out to be the Harrison Ford and which one's going to be the Mark Hamill. Although I shouldn't say bad things about Mark Hamill because I have good things to say about him.
0: His, his Joker in Batman the series, right? There you go. That, I was yeah. going to say
1: anybody who says Mark Hamill's not a good actor, that's just proof that you know you can go, he can still do some, some. He's got some chops. They oh, yeah. just happen to be in a different direction. So the I think it's time for us to break the glass and discuss the fact that these movies were then um, uh, sort of uh, changed. Do we, have to? we do. Is this, for, is this for hour three? Well, I'm hoping this will be the last topic of this special two part. Incomparable. I hope it's two parts because that was that was a great around. way to retcon. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, special editions. I'm just so special. gonna throw it out there because we pretended they don't exist, but I think we have to talk about them. They, they will... made special editions where they cleaned up a lot of stuff so a lot of it looks better but they also made changes and then they did some things that don't that are very different and don't necessarily look better and i know there are some strong
0: feelings about this out
2: well, there. i want to give some good feelings about the special editions and this is the same thing i have good feelings with the pregles here's here's my good feelings about the special John editions.
0: syracuse is bad
2: <laughs> no no no, no let, let, listen to this because you'll feel better afterwards so star wars we'd all seen it and lived it or whatever and it had gone away and we knew they were doing these prequel things, the prospects of which was unbelievably exciting to, to all of us, right? Because we didn't know. Um, whoa, whoa!
1: They did. They did what?
2: Yeah. And so, but they have these ads in the movie theater for these special editions, and what they would show is a little, the, One of the one I remember is they show a little television screen with Star oh, yeah. Wars playing on it, saying, "This is how you remember Star Wars, people," because you probably didn't see it in the theater because you were just born around that time. And they have like tinny mono audio coming out of it, yeah. and then they have a CG X-wing come flying out of the screen, shoot a TIE Fighter, and fly through the resulting explosion with all the surround sound on. And it was like, that was like, you know, that little thing they showed you on the TV screen. It's like, that's not how I remember Star Wars. Then they, then they exploded out into that. And it's like, yes, that's how I remember Star Wars. And they showed the, the CG and the, X, the TIE Fighters and everything. And it was an exciting feeling of like, I'm going to get to see Star Wars again in the theater. Little did we know what they would do to the movie. All we knew was that, you know, that X-Men looked really good. Yeah, those were really effective
0: ads. But that's an artifact of the cultural ubiquity of Star Wars. I mean, I remember Star Wars in the theaters. That's my memory of Star Wars, not on the TV screen.
1: But, I mean, there's a generation of people like me who did we'll not you. see most of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Fair saying, enough. <laughs> but I'm saying
2: it was exciting. We were excited to see these special... We were excited to just... If they yeah. just re-released it in the theaters, period, it would have been great, but we were excited to see this special new edition of Star Wars, and they didn't show you all the horrible things
1: that they would do to the movies in well, the I mean, trailer. because at that point you thought, trailer. like, hey, cool, we see... You know, it's like Star Wars, but better, right? And, like, so let's t- let's tick them off. What are the horrible things that were Grito done? Greedo shoots first. I have to say, that's the worst. Greedo shoots first. That's the worst. <sighs> terrible.
2: And it's worse because it's so needless. Which
1: they then re-corrected to having it be sort of like di- Han kind of twitches and and they shoot simultaneously. That was in the original special edition. It looks terrible there. Too. It's bad technically. Um, it's bad plot-wise. Yeah. Okay, so there's there's uh, uh, Han they shot add little first. there's there's little creatures underfoot everywhere. There's little flourishes that yeah, are just extraneous, like throughout the entire movie. The establishing
2: shot of of Mo Eisley when they fly in and they have a big dinosaur yeah. go by and a guy punches yeah. a robot
1: out of the air and all sorts yeah. of yeah. There is a shot, there's one shot that I really love from the special edition, which, you know, it, it doesn't bother me that it's not in the, the original movie. Like, I'm, I'm fine without it, but, like, as a shot, I love the shot of the the Falcon actually taking off from Moss Eisley. There's, like, an overhead it, shot. That, that looks better than the original shot, yes. It's just a great-looking shot, and it's kind of, again, I, I, I just love the Millennium Falcon so much. Like, it just, it's so cool to see it, like, in action. It's a little early '90s CG ish. A lot of these things.
2: I mean,
0: it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a
1: lot of it looks dated now, which is is, they don't look as good as the models. No, they don't.
0: I didn't mind the Han and Jabba scene just because it had uh, Harrison Ford. You know, it had been shot originally. I don't think it's necessary, and I think Jabba looks pretty bad. But it was a clip of Harrison Ford. From the original filming that we hadn't seen before,
2: but it looks like a deleted scene, you know. Well, it looks yeah, like yeah. something we shouldn't be seeing because his performance is not that great, and the horrible effects of him walking and, over the and tail. And it's completely
0: duplicated in the in the Greedo scene. It's it's yeah. like it's um, the Luke and Big scene though that they yeah. you know eventually found its way to YouTube from on Tatooine.
2: That didn't add anything either. Like, that's the stuff, they cut it for a reason, you know? Right,
0: right. Of course, but it's still neat to see it. You've seen every, yeah. you know, square centimeter of this movie again and again and again. It doesn't,
2: it doesn't need to be in the movie,
1: though.
0: <laughs> you're right, leave you're right. It on It's, YouTube, a, it's, a, it's an extra scene, collector's it. thing.
1: I had the copy of the, like, uh, I think the role-playing game for Star Wars, and they had, like, photo insert parts of it, and there was a photo in there of a scene that I couldn't remember from the movie, which is hmm. from Jedi. It's like a sandstorm where they're getting back on the Millennium Falcon, and like which I think is a cutscene from Jedi, uh, and I was just like, whoa, where is this from? Like, how can I find this? Where is it? And, like, that, to, to see a movie that, like like Greg said, like, you know inside and out. Like, you know every scene, every line, every little detail, and all of a sudden someone tells you, oh, by the way, there's this other whole, like, you know, 10-minute scene, and you. You're like,
0: what? It's like looking at, looking at the storyboards or the, uh, the production uh, art. You know, it's like, oh, wow. You know, I collected all that. The cards, bedsheets, the double album that folded open, this, the uh, visual book that was just a collection of stills from the movie. I, I devoured this stuff. And then the special editions came along and, and just kind of shit all over it.
1: I mean, you know, and I was of an age where, like, I was 17 or something. And so, you know, watching that was, it was really exciting at the time. And I think it took a while before we started to think, like, well, you know, maybe oh, this right. is sort of tampered with something. It I think, felt, you know,
0: it sort it of felt wrong right away. The ring they put around the Death Star explosion.
1: Yeah, some things definitely yes, felt wrong right some away. Some stuff like, felt wrong right away. Although we did, we did take know. delight in coming out of the movie theater from watching Star Wars and saying loudly to everybody, I can't believe the Death Star actually blew up the moon this time. <laughs> we were assholes. I, I did like the the, the
2: idea of the uh, the things they couldn't do in the dogfight that the they tried to do better. That was a noble effort. I still I think the CG dated too badly for it really, but at least that at least that was like you can imagine that they would have filmed that scene like that. Whereas for example, the, the establishing shot of Mos Eisley, they never would have filmed that like that with those camera moves and with all those creatures. Yeah, that was never. Showing, a I mean, that years was that was just
1: showing that. off,
2: right? And that that
1: feels that feels
2: cheap. Yeah, and and it's not it doesn't fit in with the movie. They wouldn't have shot those angles. They wouldn't have shot those those actions. They wouldn't have done those camera moves. It's just from a different movie. It's it doesn't belong there at all. Yeah.
1: So uh, the I think see I don't even have the originals in any form now. I think I get the
2: uh, uh, the DVD transfers of the Laserdisc is what I have, and those are you know yeah, I, I, I used I have to have too. those,
1: and I may have those somewhere. I, that's what I used to have. Now they did actually release. A DVD version, right? That that has the original untampered versions on it. Yeah, I mean, but not... it's like
2: it's it's standard def, horrible quality. Well, it's exactly on what it.
1: my understanding is. It's exactly what's on the laser discs.
2: Yeah, but it's worse quality than the laserdisc quality. Like they they heavily they heavily compressed it and sh- and shoved it on the. Corner I just of a
1: watched DVD. it on a laserdisc, and I will say the quality is not that great. <laughs> Nerd.
0: Well,
2: my, the quality of my DVD, as I have the DVD transfers of that, when I watch that, as compared to the hidden original New Hope that's on one of my official Star Wars DVDs. The, the transfers look better. I don't know if they cleaned them up or something. That, or they,
1: that is surprising to me. I mean, I know they, they didn't both do look any look pretty work bad whatsoever. on HDTV. I
2: mean, oh, they're yeah. all standard. Oh, def, yeah.
1: You know. I had to zoom in on mine just to get, get even fill up the screen because <laughs> it's widescreen. It's a widescreen formatted Laserdisc, but Laserdiscs are only 4.3, so you get bars all the way around.
0: <laughs> Plays yeah. best in your mind. Yes, but I can't rewatch it as easily in my mind. Oh, yes, you can.
1: Right. I believe when they release the Blu-rays they're going to release a version of the movie but it's not going to be cleaned up in any way of the original. I don't Maybe. think that's the case. I will be very surprised. I mean they re-rele so there's also technically there's another edition, right? Like there cuz there's the special edition. I have like a set I have two sets of VHS tapes. I have the original like, you know, early 90s version, I guess, and then the spe- I do have a special edition version on VHS. Um and I believe the versions that were then subsequently released on DVD have further changes in them because in yes. Jedi, for example, they have Hayden Christensen in there. There's the ultimate edition, I guess, yes. is what I'm sorry. Who's Hayden's uh, Hayden's Con- Hayden Planetarium? I don't know.
0: I keep forgetting that that version yeah. exists. That's the version that I've got. That's your brain protecting you from its uh, the, the fact. I
1: actually don't even own Star Wars on DVD, which it feels weird to me. Wow. I, I mean. I bought the discs with the intent of transferring them to my computer and making DVDs out of them, and then was stymied on several t- occasions where I tried to actually do this. Just go download them. They're easier to find for downloads. Yes. But i own owned them. I, I got don't. a... You have no idea. So I acquired a Laserdisc player that my best friend's dad just happened to be throwing away after I already had the discs, and was like, how the hell am I ever going to use these? <laughs> So I have this laziness player, which is dedicated to playing Star Wars. It sits on a shelf unless it's playing Star Wars. Wow. Yes. That's commitment. It is commitment. <laughs> I should be committed. Yes, that <laughs> is for sure. <laughs> well, what else? Any Anything uh, that we haven't already uh, covered for, for this in our special epic two-part uh, podcast? Almost certainly, but we'll have to just come back and do a...
3: Star Trek is still better.
1: <sighs> oh. <cut> <sighs> You just waited. You just sat through two hours just so you yeah. could poop that out, didn't you? Victory is mine.
2: <laughs> Can you imagine uh, having a two-hour conversation about any of the Star Trek movies?
0: Seriously, people. Stock McN- Scott McNulty is bad. <laughs> He's uh, almost as
1: bad as Stock McNulty. I, that guy, <laughs> Stock McNulty, uh, much worse. That's that's the less interesting
2: one who wears beige shirts with no patterns on them. Stock McNulty. <laughs>
3: I mean don't get me wrong I like Star Wars it's very nice but um it's all these bad but it never really it, it so I'm excited to rewatch Star Wars movies right and then when I rewatch them there's always parts where I am incredibly bored and I think this is much better in my mind than watching as opposed it. to Star Trek One, you know. <laughs> well, Star Trek One, which is riveting, pastel, oh, oh,
0: Let's not enjoy, lower ourselves to the, his level,
1: Grace.
3: <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, <laughs> I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that it it, it does not. I don't have a special laser disc player to watch <laughs> it. For example,
1: <laughs> I admit that I'm a little bit on the obsessive side.
0: Just a tiny tad.
3: So it's fun and it's fine, but it's just uh, it never really it, it captured my imagination.
0: I'm a Star Trek fan. I have written like, you know, like most of you, I've written two Star Trek spec scripts. <laughs> Star Wars is a seminal cultural event.
3: No, and I agree it, with you. And I think that it changed the world. I, I think that it, Star Wars as a cultural phenomenon is more interesting than the movies themselves.
2: The movies? Are you
3: trying to include the second oh. movie in that? Any because the other. phenomena
0: exists because of the
3: movies. I know, but it's it's taken on a greater importance than the movies itself.
0: There are a lot of people who are wrong, and they say Empire is a better movie than Star Wars. No, they're right. And yeah. no, no, they're wrong. <laughs> Sorry, because because when you have going into Empire, you are coming from Star Wars. Going into Star Wars, you're coming from zero.
2: You're grading on degree of difficulty. We will discuss this in the next episode if you like <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. <laughs>
0: To go from a world without Star Wars...
2: There's no, there's, it's not diving. There's no degree of difficulty. To
0: go into a world with Star Wars, it changes yes, yes. everything.
2: Yes, if you're doing the back half gainer, it's scored differently than if you're just doing a straight, you know, yeah. I don't know any diving terms. <laughs>
1: yeah, you could.
0: You tried, though. <laughs> I, I went
1: I to <laughs> the back half double gainer, indie, very
2: game Yes, but we all understand the concept of degree of difficulty, and this is the argument being made. Yes. I disagree. And
0: because it matters. If you do, no. this is it, it's not just a movie. That's just
2: not movie. how that's not how things are graded. That's not how life works.
0: Oh, it is how life works. It's it's the impact.
2: The Yankees don't get a half a World Series win because they had Babe Ruth. They get the whole win.
0: Not in my world, they don't. Well,
2: it was easier for you. You had Babe Ruth. <laughs>
1: so are we going into a third hour then? No,
2: <laughs> no. Right, we'll save that save that for the Empire podcast. We can discuss its place in the pantheon, it's like right. the
1: McLaughlin Group of Star Wars. It wrong. It goes on forever. All right, you're wrong. All right. Well, um, I I feel as if we've barely scratched the surface but we have um we've spent a lot of time scratching that surface <laughs> so we are going to we're, we're going we're gonna to table it here
0: the surface was itchy
1: um thus ends our epic star wars podcast until we do a revisiting we will we will um we will talk uh, the empire strikes back in the next uh, little while so stay tuned for that and until next time i want to thank my guests John Syracuse, thank you for being here. Let the force be with you, always. Uh, Dan Dan Morin, thank you. <laughs> Scott Thanks. McNulty, thank you.
0: Damn it! I knew he was going to do R two. I've got nothing.
1: <laughs> do an English accent, Greg. Three PO, three PO, quickly. Uh, thank you, Jason.
0: <laughs> well, I got nothing. <laughs>
1: uh, that's good. You could you could have just said. Kr- kr-
3: kr- 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 is he is he drinking coffee? <laughs> yeah.
2: oh. That's, this I find your lack of cream disturbing. <laughs> you could have gone with a female choice. The more you tighten your grip, yes. the more the starship yep. will so slip
1: through your fingers. Through your fingers. There's it. There's at least three women in the Star Wars trilogy. Okay, and on that note, um, thanks to everybody for listening to this edition of the Incomparable. We'll see you next
0: time.
2: But now I'm perfectly willing to believe that everything on the West Coast looks like Star Wars.
1: Yes, it does. I go I drive to work every day in a in a Jawa sand speeder thing. And
2: your yeah. house is this little this little igloo that is miraculously large inside. Like the TARDIS. It's
1: a, it's a TARDIS, yeah. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> and I have a protocol droid who serves me tea. And speaks wow. bo- it speaks botchy and the, the binary the language Andy. of major moisture, moisture evap- evap- evaporators. Yeah. Very similar to very similar to the lift loaders, yeah, load load lifters, lift loaders, load lifters. Do you lift a loader or do you load a lift? You, you, oh God! <laughs> this part will be cut, all right? <laughs> oh, this will be in the special. Yeah, edit edition, this part. Note to self: <laughs> <laughs> We'll put it back in and extend this scene. <laughs> yeah. well, there will be much better sound effects.